It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. And on this edition, we're going to be looking ahead, of course, to tonight's big, big game. We're going to be continuing our coverage ahead of this one. It's a huge, huge match uh, in the context of Arsenal season. Uh, can we salvage what's been, quite frankly, a dismal campaign so far by going all the way in the Europa League. Well, if we're going to do that, if we have any intention to do that, of doing that, if we're serious about doing that, we're going to have to start off by defeating our conquerors of last season. And that are, who are, of course, Olympiagos, the Greek champions. Um, big hello to everybody in the chat. Hope you're all well. Um, hope everybody's good. Um, I just want to start off the show by um, sending my best wishes out to one of our members, um, I'm sure you, you've all noticed them in the chat. I'm sure many of you have interacted uh, with this particular member. And I'm sure um, those of you who are in the Discord server will be will be sort of well aware um, of this person. And that is one of our members, Wesbird. Uh, that's the screen name, Wesbird. Um, so I want to say uh, I, I want to send my best wishes to Wesbird, who unfortunately today um, has to lay um, her mother to rest. She sadly passed away. Uh, just recently. Uh, the funeral takes place today. Um, I've already checked in with her to make sure that it's okay, um, you know, to um, to send my, my best wishes live on the podcast. Um, I'm sure you guys can all send your love in the chat as well, and I'm sure that will be really very much appreciated. Westbird's mom was a huge Arsenal fan, from what I'm told, um, and in particular loved Dennis Burkamp. Uh, so just want to send my wishes um, on behalf of the Chronicles of Aguna family out to Wesbird and her family today uh, on what's going to be a difficult day. And it just puts into context that whilst we're all stressing about the Olympiagos game this evening, there are far more important uh, things in the world and more, more important things to worry about, quite frankly. So, um, yeah, I want to send my condolences out to one of our members. As I always say, if you're a member, um, even if you're just a regular listener, regular viewer, you know, you're part of the Chronicles of Aguna family. And um, I appreciate every single one of you. And um, yeah, just want to send uh, my best wishes out to the the family on, on what's no doubt going to be a difficult day. Moving on, um, let's talk about the game because I'm not really sure how I'm supposed to feel about this one, right? We're talking about... Uh, a game that could be huge in the context of our season, a game that, you know, if Mikel Arteta was to lose, and, and I'm not talking about this game specifically, I'm talking about the tie overall, but if Mikel Arteta was to fail to overcome Olympiagos, um, he'd be under some serious, serious pressure. Um, and, and, you know, rightly so, because at the end of the day, the season up until now has been unacceptable you know when you look at where Arsenal find themselves 
you know, in the Premier League table. We're 10th. It's not good enough. Uh, there's no shine away from that. And I always talk about the progress under Mikel Arteta. I've been one of his biggest defenders. I'll continue to support him. But there comes a point where it's very, very difficult to continue defending something when the results just clearly aren't there. We know it's a results business. I keep saying that to to understand the progress and to understand where we are. We actually need to maybe look a little bit deeper sometimes. And I stick by that. But if Arsenal were to suffer a disappointing result tonight, then the heat will be turned up on Mikel Arteta. And those who uh, are either on the fence about him at the minute or or aren't sure or, or don't think that he is the right man to take us forward, they'll have plenty of ammo uh, to be coming at him with off the back of this. So this game is massive. And I just hope that, obviously, I don't want Arsenal to lose. You know, I never want Arsenal to lose. I want us to go on and win the Europa League. Not only is it a European trophy, something I've never seen the club win personally myself or remember the club winning myself. Um, But it's an opportunity and a route back into the Champions League. And we know that Arsenal, having posted a significant loss, uh, could really do with the Champions League finance. That could, in turn help us improve the team, improve the squad ahead of next season and ultimately improve our chances of achieving what it is we actually want to achieve. So there's lots of things to take into consideration, but I just hope that in the event that we do suffer a disappointing result tonight, um, it is not because an individual who Mikel Arteta has put his faith in and trust in has let him down because that's happened far too often lately. And and I've had a lot of sympathy for Mikel Arteta in the last few weeks because when you look at the way some of the games have gone, it's almost impossible to, to pin the blame on him because, you know, he can't legislate for individual errors, particularly individual errors that are as bad as some of the ones we've seen over the last few weeks. So what I will say is this. If we're going to suffer a disappointing result tonight, which I hope we don't, let's hope it's one that is uh, is something that we could turn around in the second leg. But also, I would feel really gutted, not just as an Arsenal fan, but for Mikel Arteta also, if it was off the back of another stupid individual error that you just simply can't legislate for. We talk about the self-destruct button. Arsenal have been pressing that very frequently of late, and you hope that that doesn't happen tonight. Um, and as a lot of you are saying, you know, we need to learn from our mistakes. Um, I just hope we don't knock ourselves out with missed chances and sloppy mistakes, says Sam. So, uh, you know, peanut butter jelly time says, Harry, let's, let's hope no individual mistakes. So everybody is kind of on the same same sort of wavelength with that. You know, we all recognise that the mistakes have been a massive part of why results of late haven't necessarily um reflected our improvement as a team I would say and um yeah it's it's going to be an even more difficult pill to swallow if it's because we gave up a stupid goal but if um you know it's it's because uh, I just I guess no Arsenal defeat is easy to take no negative result is easy to take but it's even harder to take when it's off the back of a stupid mistake um and as Pranjal says um, more worried about the mistakes than the opponents. And and, and that, that's, that sums up where we are right now, doesn't it? It really does. Um, Akshat says, hi, Harry, I believe in Arteta, but will you be able to defend him if he gets knocked out of this round? It'll be very difficult, increasingly difficult. Ekene says, oh, Harry, why are you starting the stream this way? Because I just want to get this bit out of the way uh, and move on. Uh, Christos, big hello to you. He says, Harry, would you rather beat Olympiagos or beat Spurs? 
Right now, I'd rather beat Olympiagos because the Europa League can potentially save our season. You know, we beat Spurs great. It's, it's fantastic for bragging rights. We all want to win the North London derby. I'm not saying for a second that I don't. But if I could only pick one or the other, it's the Europa League because that offers Arsenal the opportunity to, to salvage a season. The Premier League, you can go and beat Spurs, but does it mean we stand any better chance or even a significant chance of finishing in the top four? I would argue that it probably doesn't. So I would... I would lean towards the, the Europa League as a priority. As hard as that is to say, because you always want to win the North London derby, right? Talked about the significance of the tie. And, and I want to talk a little bit before I go into my my starting eleven and my prediction for the game. I want to talk a little bit about Mikel Arteta's uh, comments with regards to, um, you know, the project at Arsenal. Um, Mikel Arteta has, has, been, has been speaking about uh, the way that the thing is going, you know, the the kind of the the direction of travel um, in which we're heading, and he's talked about the project and how he believes that it will it will go bang very soon when things get back to normal. Mikel Arteta says the project will go bang, and I want to um, touch on some comments that he made, um, and I've I've written a piece on this uh, for ninety minutes. So you know what, I'll uh, I'll share the screen with you. Uh, guys, so that you can uh, read the comments off as well, uh, if you wish to do so. But I've I've put it into words here uh, for ninety min. Uh, Mikel Arteta insists his Arsenal project is going to go bang, and I'll skip the the kind of context part, and we'll go straight into the quotes because I've kind of already given you the context. Um, but when he was asked about how the next or how the last twelve months or so have gone off of the back of everything that happened, and of course, you know, for those of you that maybe don't remember. Cast your minds back. Olympiacos came to the Emirates Stadium, knocked us out of the Europa League. Um, there was much uh, disappointment around the stadium. And then it came to like that Evangelos Marinagis, the guy in the picture there. If you're watching on the video, he had contracted the coronavirus. Um, after that, a number of Arsenal players had to self-isolate because, of course, um, they'd been in contact with him. And from then on, it was the, the beginning of the end of football for that period because shortly afterwards, we had a game against Manchester City called off and then football shut down. And rightly so. But Mikel was asked about the impact of that last 12 months, how that last 12 months or so has been. And here's what he said. I could never have imagined when I got tested and had the symptoms, all of the consequences that this virus was going to have on all of us. Having my first job, to do that and after being in the job for only three months in normal conditions to start to have a completely different context and framework to work in has been really challenging but at the same time it has made us as a club much stronger we've created a really strong group a really strong bond with our players with our fans with our staff and that is going to pay some big tribute in the future I think when everything comes back to normality and we are able to work the way we needed to work with some stability I think this project is going to go bang. And this is where we are. Sometimes it's difficult to see the moment now, but I'm sure where we are going. So Mikel Arteta reiterating the point that despite the results lately, despite the fact that some people are, are not sure and are on the fence about the direction of travel under him currently, he feels that this project is moving in the right direction and he expects it to go bang. I guess what he's saying is he expects everything to click at some point. Uh, when, when that point is going to come, I don't know. 
Um, and I hope it comes for his sake sooner rather than later, because as I keep going back to, you know, if we don't, um, if we don't end up getting through in the Europa League, there's going to be a, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. Uh, let's go over to some of your comments and see what you guys are saying off the back of these Mikel Arteta comments. And Matt G, one of our members says, Arteta shouldn't need to get this team up for this match. They should already be fired up for this. I agree with that. Uh, Inter Yanan calls, has called him the Spanish Gary Neville. Um, Adam Chisholm says, hi, Harry and chat. Hope you're all well. I'm not a fan of Arteta's presser, if I'm honest. Show it, don't say it. He's been lucky in the sense that fans haven't been in the stadium with some performances, in my opinion. Matt G says, sometimes I forget we are 10th in the league after I listen to Arteta. He talks like a manager with a team in fourth and battling for a CL spot. It's um, it's difficult because on the one hand, there are fans out there going, we can't accept this mediocrity. We shouldn't accept this mediocrity. We need a manager who aims high. And Mikel Arteta, in speaking the way he speaks, comes across, as Matt said, as someone who is in that higher bracket than where he currently is. And that suggests to me that he feels that the team warrant being in a higher place in the division. Now, whether that's right or wrong, whether you agree with that or not is a completely different matter. But I guess the point here is that that do we want Mikel Arteta to talk like a mid-table manager? Do we want Mikel Arteta to come across as somebody who has no belief in what he's actually doing? Do we want Mikel Arteta to show a lack of confidence in his own methods? Do we want Mikel Arteta to show a lack of belief in his own, um, in sort of his methods and the direction in which he's taken us? I would argue no. So I don't really have an issue with the press conferences, with the interviews. I know a lot of people do. I understand again why, you know, I'm able to look at the, the opinion and kind of get where it is you're coming from. But for me, I just, it's not a big deal. Um, and it probably shouldn't be a big deal. So that's where I'm at um, with regards to to those comments. Right, we're going to move on. I'm going to share with you guys the starting 11 I would pick for the game tonight. And as as I always say uh, at the top of doing this, this is the team that I would pick. Harry Simu, if I were in charge of Arsenal this evening, this is what I would do. It's not necessarily what I believe Mikel Arteta is going to do. So uh, I would go with Bern Leno in goal. Um, clearly, I say this every time I pick him in these these preview shows, but he is the standout number one at the club. Um, there's been a lot of debate over the last sort of few days whether he played a part in actually that goal um, that uh, was scored uh, by Burnley. Uh, all of our own making, by the way, did he, should he have passed the ball to Granite Xhaka in that position? We've had a lot of debate about that. Uh, but for me, regardless of that, regardless of whether you pin any of that on Bern Leno, he is Arsenal's number one goalkeeper. At left back, well, it's pure and simple because there's no other option. Um, and that is Kieran Tierney. No reason for Kieran Tierney not to be in the side. He's been really good uh, throughout the course of the season. Had Obviously had injury problems, but whenever fit, it's one of the first names on the team sheet. At right back, I would go with Hector Bellerin. Um, I know a lot of people are going to take uh, issue with this. And I know a lot of people are going to call for Cedric to come in. Um, me personally, I think that, that Bellerin is still the number one right back at the club. Um, and I think that the fact that he's not played in the last couple of games has been with a view to, you know, to him um, 
to him playing in this one, which is a huge, huge game. Uh, moving on to the centre of defence, I'm going to go with Pablo Marie at left centre-back because I think he's been really good of late and I think he deserves it. I, you know, I'd argue that against Leicester, he probably should have done more uh, for the goal. But, you know, I've, I've not been convinced by Gabriel lately. And I know that, you know, we've talked about it before as COVID had a, a longer term effect on him as he's struggling to get quite uh, up to match sharpness. But for me, Pablo Marie doesn't deserve to be dropped and should partner David Luiz in the heart of Arsenal's defence. So that is my back line. Uh, just a quick one in the chat, by the way. I can see there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a debate going on. Listen, everybody's entitled to their opinion in the chat. Whether you agree with it or not is completely irrelevant. So let's not get on to each other. Um, that's not the kind of channel here uh, that I want. I, I don't want people fighting, arguing in the chat. You can exchange opinions and that's absolutely fair enough. Um, but there's no need to have personal digs at each other, have a go at one another. I don't want to see that. And I will block and remove anybody um, who is doing that. It's, it's, you know, for me, it's not acceptable. I don't want to see it. So let's stop it because uh, it is going on at the moment. Don't want to see that in the chat. So just, uh, yeah, put a line for it and move on. Uh, right. Moving back on to the rest of my team. Uh, Granite Xhaka plays in the heart of the midfield for me. And I know there'll be a lot of discussion around this and there'll be people who feel that after what happened at the weekend, that he shouldn't be in the side. But I would argue that aside from that one error, he has been incredibly consistent of late. He's, been, he's established himself head and shoulders above the other midfield options as Arsenal's most uh, consistent player. Um, I would argue that in the last few months, he's been even more consistent than Thomas Partey. I'm not saying he's better than Thomas Partey before people jump on my back, but I do think he has been more consistent of late. Yes, he made an error at the weekend, but I do not expect and I do not think that Mikel Arteta should drop Granite Xhaka from the side ahead of this one. He'll be partnered for me alongside Thomas Partey. Um, for me, part of the reason that, that Granite Xhaka's game dropped off um, following that mistake at the weekend was because Thomas Partey's did too. And I wonder if it's down to fitness. I wonder if he's still not quite up to speed, but um, that's how I see the midfield Xhaka and Partey, that is what I would go with. Uh, ahead of those guys, I'd go with Martin Odegaard, of course. Emil Smith-Rowe is touch and go, whether he's going to be fit or not. But I just think that Odegaard has looked really decent since he's come in at the Arsenal. And I think he's the man to play in that hole. Um, you know, regardless of, of whether or not Emil Smith-Rowe is past fit or not, that's what I would go with, Martin Odegaard uh, in that number 10 role. On the right-hand side, it's another one that basically selects itself. And that's Bukayo Saka because he's been so, so impressive. Um, wasn't so impressive at Burnley, but his overall performances since Christmas, since that switch to the right-hand side, have been very, very positive, very good. And uh, for me, he uh, he continues on the right. On the left-hand side, I'm going with Nicolas Pepe. I think his recent performances have warranted him uh, getting a start tonight. I know he... He fluffed his lines at the weekend when he came on. But when I talk about recent performances, I don't just talk about Burnley. I, uh, you know, Burnley was a game in which we were, I reckon, beaten by the circumstances, beaten by misfortune and an individual mistake. So I, I think that Pepe in the last couple of months or so has done enough to warrant um, warrant a place in, uh, in the starting 11. And for me, he plays from the left up front. Uh, I'll go with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang just because he started to find his scoring boots again lately. Um, we we heard a little bit from uh, from Gostandinos on our preview, who is a Greek um, 
a Greek football reporter, uh, about Olympiagos' style of play. He talked about them normally playing with high lines, but the, the fact that he maybe didn't expect them to be as high up the pitch, given that Arsenal are their opponents and the threat that Arsenal can pose in behind. And I just think that when it comes to Aubameyang and it comes, you know, you look back at the last round, the Benfica tie, when the opportunity came his way, he took it. Um, he took it um, and, you know, that was key. You know, he took a chance in the first half. He took a chance. Uh, sorry, he took two chances in the second half and um, ultimately off the back of that saw us um, progress. So for me, he's got to continue. I, I like what Lacazette does in that role, but I just, you know, we're away from home tonight, supposedly. I know that, you know, there isn't any fans and all that, but this is going to be a night for me, probably about being a little bit more, um, being a little bit more cautious and being a little bit more, um, you know, focused on the counter-attack, focused on getting in behind. And ultimately, as I always say, when I compare Aubameyang and Lacazette, if one chance appears during the 90 minutes, I would rather it fell to Aubameyang than Lacazette, just because his conversion rate is so much better. Uh, so that's my team. Just to run for it once more. For those of you listening via the audio platforms, it's Leno in goal, Bellerin, David Luiz, Pablo Marie and Kieran Tierney. In the midfield, I've gone with Granit Xhaka and Thomas Partey. Martin Odegaard is uh, in the number 10 position with Nicolas Pepe on the left, but Kayo Saka from the right. And leading the line is our captain, our talisman, our main man, our striker, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. So that's what I would go with. Um, right, let's go over to the live chat, see what you guys are saying. Um, uh Thelm cases. Is there anything in the rumour that Saka is going to Roma with his new balance deal and the sponsorship deal that Roma has? No, not for me. Um, the two are, are, are not linked whatsoever. Roma are not in a position to go and uh, splash major money on anybody this summer. So I wouldn't worry about that. And I'd also be certain that Arsenal wouldn't accept any cut price transfer fee uh, for Bukayo Saka. He's very much part of the plans. He's one of our main players. Um, and yeah, there you go. Uh, we've got an Olympiacos fan in the uh, live chat. I'm not going to read out. What, I'm not going to translate this comment because uh, uh, it's not appropriate for midday. But how are you doing? Uh, welcome to the stream. He says, will Arsenal win the Europa League this year? I bloody hope so. Uh, but if we're going to do it, uh, it's going to start. Um, it's going to start uh, this evening. Uh, with a positive result in Bireas, of course. Uh, Inti announces, Harry, would you play David Luiz with Thomas Partey at central defensive midfield? I wouldn't. I understand why people suggest that. And I understand why um, that is an idea sort of being toyed with. But I just think that um, when it comes to... Um, when it comes to the centre of the defence, I think David Luiz is so important. So for me, David Luiz um, has to stay there. Um, what else have we got? A couple of you suggesting that maybe uh, Cedric should uh, should play at, at right back over Hector Bellerin again. I, you know, I don't um, I don't majorly disagree with that. I won't be upset if that is the case. But me personally, I'd go with Bellerin. Um, big hello to Peter Floyd, who's watching us from India. We've got lots of uh, Olympia Goss fans in the chat. Uh, at the moment, I hope you're all well, but I do hope that you're on the back end of a strong defeat tonight. Uh, but of course, welcome to the show. Um, so yeah, that that's my team, right? And um, 
I've kind of explained the reasons as to why I've made that selection. Now it's time to give you guys my prediction. Um, I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Um, I think Olympiagos will score. Um, they've shown that they can score goals in this competition so far. Um, you know, they, they scored a, a hell of a lot of goals against PSV Eindhoven in the in the last round. Um, so obviously that is a little bit of a concern, but I do think Arsenal will score as well. And look, with the away goal rule in place, I'd happily take a 1-1 draw from this first leg. That's my prediction. Olympiagos won, Arsenal won. Um, couple of sort of comments uh, in the chat. Justice says, Harry, who's your Greek team? I don't have a Greek team. Um, I have a team that I kind of follow in Cyprus, which is Anorthosis, but I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not a, a fan of the Greek Super League. I don't watch it regularly. Uh, obviously, when they're not playing Arsenal, I'd prefer the Greek teams to do well, naturally. But um, when it comes to Arsenal, there is no split loyalties for me here. Uh, it is fully, um, it is fully Arsenal or nothing for me tonight. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, Harry asks a really good question. Uh, do you think Laka would help against strong centre-backs tonight? Or do you think that makes us a bit one-dimensional in attack? Though it does seem like Mikel Arteta has moved on from starting Oba on the left. Um, I, I understand the idea of it. And I understand that, you know, if Olympiagos are going to sit that little bit deeper and they are going to try and force us to play wide, why somebody like Lacazette in the middle might be a bit more effective in terms of holding the ball up, um, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I guess... I, I guess for me, the, the thing that they don't want is they don't want to be running back towards their own goals. And I do think that there will be, whilst they'll be uh, looking to be cautious because of the away goal, I do think they will at some point uh, try to attack us. And I feel like Aubameyang's pace is the kind of thing that Sogradis, for example, will, will have a nightmare dealing with. It's not what he wants. He doesn't want to be running back towards his own goal. He doesn't want balls played in behind him. He'll happily sit on the edge of the box um, and take on crosses and deal with them and, and get embroiled in a physical battle with Lacazette or whoever it might be. Um, but I just think that, yeah, I think the key is going to be movement. The key is going to be exposing those spaces. The fact that with Aubameyang up front, uh, Odegaard in the 10, Pepe on the left, Saka on the right, we could be very flexible. We could be very interchangeable, I think is probably the way to go tonight. But it's a good point and I, and I completely get uh, where you're coming from. Right, get your predictions in the live chat and then uh, we're going to leave it there because um, as you can imagine, on a match day, I've got bags and bags of work to get through. Um, but uh, of course, we'll be back for the watch along tonight. It's an eight o'clock kickoff, so we'll be live from 7.45. So make sure you come and join me for that. And of course, the post-match show after the game around about 10.15 p.m. Uh, as well. So lots and lots more content around this game to come. But let me read out some of your predictions before we jump off. Uh, Justa says 2-2. Uh, two, two. Uh, Omar says 1-0 win. Pepe with the winner. Static says 2-0 to the Arsenal, but he's being generous. Dev Singh says 6-1 to the Arsenal. Man, I hope you're right. Uh, Sam says 2-1 Arsenal. Said Abdullah says 2-0 Arsenal. And has even named the goal scorers as Nicolas Pepe and uh, and uh, Bukayo Saka. Pranjal says 2-0 to the Arsenal. Chompy says 22-0. I think that's a typo. Surely it's a typo. Uh, Pratik says, big up, Harry. I think we'll win 3-1. Um, <laughs> uh, Steve Stone says 1-1 I think we'll concede unfortunately Mr Bungle says 2-0 to the arse uh, Peanut Butter Jelly Time says 3-1 I hope uh, Felix says 3-1 Arsenal Kai Hinn's gone 4-0 Arsenal 
Xander's gone 3-0 Arsenal. Uh, Alcarp says 2-1 Olympia goes. Um, Cypriot Guna says 2-0 to the Arsenal. Don't forget to hit the like button. Yep, don't forget that. Matt says 3-0. Um, and yeah, just running through it. Lots of positive uh, predictions from an Arsenal perspective. Christo says 3-1. Uh, Harry says 2-0 Bellerin and Xhaka. Wouldn't we love that? Um, yeah, there you go. Um, I'm going to leave it there. I'll, I'll pick up one more prediction uh, cause from Brad because I like this one. He says, my heart, my head says 2-0 Arsenal, but we always make it hard for ourselves. So 3-2 Arsenal. <laughs> love that. Brilliant stuff. Um, massive thank you to all of you for tuning in. I know it's just a brief one today, um, but as I say, lots and lots to get through. Uh, with the coverage of this game. So check out 90min.com for some written pieces. Uh, there's a bit going up on Danny Ceballos in a little bit and about what his future holds and Zinedine Zidane's uh, plans for him. So check that out. Um, also smash the like button if you haven't done so already. It's really, really important. It really, really does help the video and I really appreciate it. Also, if you're interested in becoming a member, click on the link in the description and uh, join up. We'd love to have you in the Discord server, especially um to discuss uh, this massive, massive game. Uh, big thanks to every single one of you once again, and I'll be back very, very soon with more. Apologies, it's a quick one. Apologies, it's a brief one, but I promise I'll make it up to you later with more Arsenal-related content. So until then, ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.